Welcome to Wrestling And. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. It's been a while. But today, we are going to talk about Wrestling And. The G1 Climax 32, I think it is. At least we're going to talk about the first two nights of it. And do a little preview of the next two. So, very exciting. This year's G1 has a new and interesting format, depending on who you ask. Uh, and it's back in the summer. No Olympics. No Olympics that get pushed to another year. Nothing like that. So the heat is back the summer of G1. And I am excited about it. And how about you, Justin, my co-host, Justin, in-ring art. Are you excited about the G1? My favorite time of the pro wrestling year is the G1 Climax Tournament. Um, For those of you not familiar with the G1 Climax Tournament, um, it's a yearly tournament that New Japan uh, holds um, with... It's basically a round-robin format. Um, this year's, uh, John was talking about, this year's tournament's a little different because usually you have two groups, or as they call them, blocks of 10 wrestlers, and they all face each other. Two points for a win, one point for a draw, zero points for a loss, and at the end, um, the winners of each block advance to the final. Uh, this year's is different because we have four blocks with seven wrestlers each, right, John? yeah yeah i think that's right seven wrestlers each for four blocks and so it's a little different because the winner of like block a will go i don't know if it's a versus b or c but i believe it is okay. it is a versus b and c versus d so the winner of as block, semi-finalist winner of block a will go against the winner of block b and uh, same for c and d and then those two winners so basically you're turning it from a round robin into an elimination tournament at the end there there, yeah, I guess they have two semifinals at the end, but it's almost like a, uh, I guess you can call it like a World Cup style, mm. um, where where you have the groups and stuff. Yeah, and you have so, to advance out of group play. So the, you know the reason that they're doing it, I'm not sure if it's just to be different. They're definitely uh, getting more people in here because it's seven uh, seven fourteen, so twenty eight wrestlers, right? And uh, eight more wrestlers. It doesn't feel like that for some reason. But you have eight more wrestlers, and I, my understanding, it hasn't been this big since the year 2000. Okay. Uh, another interesting thing is that you're only having one block match per night, which is good and bad. It's it's definitely really interesting, right? Like, usually you do, like, all A block matches in one night, and then all B block matches. But now it's A block, B block, C block, D block. Like, each, each is one night. So it's being also spread out quite a bit. As opposed right. to previous years. So it's probably good because, you know what? The wrestlers get to take a break, right? They they get to heal their body. G1 is also always considered a grueling tournament, right? Like, really difficult. and uh, Yeah, you're having hard-hitting singles matches almost on a nightly basis. And I guess the, 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 the downside of this, which I'll, is very brief um, to the schedule, is it's a little harder to keep up with the standings, not knowing which night or who's in what block is a little more confusing now. Um, I've only, not, I've started to memorize it a little bit. You start to just remember. Right, right. But then, you know, it's a little harder to keep up in the standings and stuff like that. And then you have guys like Tom Lawler, who isn't having his first match in the G1 for about nine days from now. Yeah, and he's still got six matches. So right. Right, and it goes from uh, six matches for each uh, wrestler to not uh, from nine. So there's a reduction there, which is good for their health, obviously. Um, but the good side to it is, I it just kind of there's more wrestlers involved, um, 
and you kind of it feels like it's a little slower pace so you get to enjoy it a little bit more um it, and i like the idea cool it's definitely interesting and in kayfabe like losses and wins count a little more i guess right because yeah and i i kind of like the idea of having a semi-finalist it kind of gives them a little bit of a feather in the cap if you don't just have to win the thing to kind of you know, he's a block. He was the semi-finalist. You know that kind of thing. It, it definitely opens it up to a, a lot of storytelling, right? Like, there's a lot of yeah. different stuff you can do um, with the semifinals, and whoever loses that, you know, there's a story there, and then the final. So the, 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 it's interesting. Um, it's unique. I I'm I'm down for it. You know, um, I really don't have anything bad to say about it. It's been kind of fun to watch, like each one block like you're kind of getting used to it um not all the blocks are easy to remember except the a block which is the monster block plus okada and yano like that's pretty much all it is the monsters plus okada and yano so um and, and tom lawler i guess he's not really a monster but uh all right jumping right back into things guys sorry we had some technical difficulties involving zoom licenses which we've never dealt with before um, no, we're good to go now. We're on, well, we don't have to say our platform, but we're, we're in a better place now. We're in a better place. We are using the Star Trek hologram room now to communicate. So, holodeck. Uh, holodeck. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's right. I think so. I don't, I'm not really a Star Trek guy, but I do remember the holodeck. We've all seen a little Star Trek here and there, right? A little bit. Yes. So, we were, uh, we were busy talking about the new format of the four block g1 it's kind of funny because you remember back in the day when finley and hanari used to be like <laughs> c block <laughs> yeah now there's an actual c block and i don't think any of them are in it ironically i'm trying to think yeah finley is what in d block i believe so yeah and i think Hanari's in b or He's a. In a block right a block's the easiest one for me to remember because it's like i said it's all the big guys so you got Fale. Archer, Cobb, Jonah, and Hanare, right? And Okada, yeah. Wait. And Okada and, uh, what's it called, are in those, um... Oh, Okada and Yano. Yeah, Wait. isn't, uh... Are there eight people Tom Lawler? in the blocks? Tom Lawler's in that, too. Wait, so there's Seven. eight... It's Fale, Archer... Oh, Hanare's not in that block, I apologize. No, Hanare's, Hanare's in the one block. with Tanahashi. Yeah, 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 so... Yes, it's it's Fale, Archer, Jonah, Cobb, Okada, Yano, and Lawler. Right. Yeah, so uh, Yano, it's hilarious. You see Yano's reaction to that. Yeah, yeah. He says, I haven't been sleeping right since they announced <laughs> the blocks. <laughs> Which is kind of funny, actually, when you look at his recent match uh, that we'll talk about soon. Yes, um, we will. So... Let's, uh, do, so you watched the undercard for the first night? Yeah, but you'll have to run and remind me of who was in it. Well, I, I, I don't have the list here. I was just wondering if anything jumped out to you at all. It was cool to see Lawler make his first entrance. Wasn't that match good? Yeah, I, I liked, and he had a singles match the second night um, against the Young Lion. So, well, the first night was a singles match against Young Lion. Right, and this, I'm sorry, and the second night was with him and Royce Isaacs. Did you see his finisher? Uh, probably. And the, the move is awesome. I think it's something K-O-T-B, which stands for, like, the knee on the brain. 
Yeah, it's like a reverse Kamigoye almost. Yeah, like it looked really impactful. Like it looks yeah. when when you know you when you can like knee the dude right in the shoulder slash neck area, that thick area, but it looks like you got hit right in the head. Um really, really cool. Uh was that his finisher in New Japan Strong? Gosh, I don't know if I really remember to be honest with you. Come um, on, you're the LA I've guy. I've seen his matches here and there. Well, he's not. Oh, I guess they've done some strong tapings here. I don't remember if he... He didn't wrestle at the show we went to, though. He didn't? Mm-mm. Okay. He was there, ma- you know, eating Fred Rosser's hair. Oh, okay, okay. Um, um, I just always assume... I mean, I've seen him wrestle. I just don't remember. I just thought he was in a submission guy. Yeah, well... He's, oh yeah, I mean, he's not going to be, especially in that, if he did have, like, a slam finisher, like, you're not going to be able to do that in this block, right? You're not going to be able to slam no. Fale and Archer. Not unless you're one of the bigger guys, I guess. Yeah, so, so he needed that, I, I think it's a new one because they, like, were saying the name of it and stuff like that, um, so I think he's got this new finisher that he can do on anybody, which, uh, is pretty cool, um. Yeah, yeah, really, really cool. Real quick, let's talk about some of the newer people in the G1. So we have Lawler, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Former strong champion. He's got a history of MMA and being in MLW for the most part, right? Yeah, MLW. He was in UFC. He had a big win in UFC. Uh, he's done blood sport. And he's he's like your uh, worked shoot kind of guy, right? Like he, uh, he can do that style, that, that worked shoot style. And he's actually really funny, too. So he ha- he has a show with Brian Alvarez every Monday night on Wrestling Observer that I've listened oh, okay. to for many years. And uh, huh. he's a pretty funny guy. So it's kind of funny seeing him in the G1 now after listening to him for a few years. Um, so we have Jonah. Yeah, Jonah. I uh, might know him as well. Jonah is the most recent incarnation of him. Yeah, Jonah Rock is what he was in his indie days for the most part. And um, in WWE, he had a little bit of a, you know, actually a pretty good run Bronson in NXT. Reed. He had a really good Bronson run, Reed. man. He was cool. Yeah. I uh, I think he was North American champion. He was North American champion. Um, he was really great in ladder match. He had an awesome ladder match that he was in. Yeah, he was one of those guys that, um, you know, it looked like they were going to do something with him, and then he just kind of got released out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was pretty random, but that's their, that's their bad. Uh, obviously, that's they were MO. changing the whole dynamic of NXT at that point, too, but not even worth talking about. So, uh, Jonah is a new guy. We've got... Uh, what other new guys do we have in here? Oh, we have, we have ELP in the G1. ELP, I wonder how many guys have gone uh, to a best of the Super Juniors in the same year as a, as a G1. Um, I would love, Two I didn't hear Chris Samsa say that stat would be, uh, that would be really that we're in the G1 and uh, like best of the Super Juniors in the same year? Well, Osprey Shingo Takagi. Oh, that's, oh, okay. Okay, that's pretty recent then. That's like 2019. Yeah. I, it, it just seems them, so crazy that they made. Uh, I you know we understand that Will Osprey being a junior, but uh, Shingo being a junior was just what a joke that was to begin with. 
Shingo. You know, I I don't think it was so much of a joke because he came from Dragon Gate, and that I think that's where it was where it was based in is uh, that he came. But it's like I thought he was really short, and then it's like no, he's like five ten, right? Yeah, five ten, five nine is like so he's he's like as tall as me, and he's like kind of swole, very swole, I guess. So uh, Jeff Cobb thick. is probably only Jeff Cobb's only five nine. So did you know Jeff Cobb is forty years old, dude? Yeah, I knew he was older, God. like 39, yeah. Talk about a late bloomer. He's been wrestling for a long time, but he didn't start having great matches in, until, like, a couple years ago. A late bloomer to New Japan standards. I think we, you know, we we talked about it before, where it just took him a while to really catch on with the New Japan style, because he was out there doing, you know, those high-paced PWG oh, he, style he was, matches a, he for a long was time. PWG champion, right? But mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't really watching Matanzo Cueto very much um, yeah right or whatever matanza whatever yeah that's what it was matanzo cueto and he wore right, like the, he was dario's brother he looked like some a kind Jason? of helmet he wore like a, a you know a, a jumpsuit reminiscent of you know one of the wyatt family yeah um, yeah with like a with scary sleeves black cut mask. off and like a kind of like a yeah like a almost like the rocketeer style mask or something weird like that um, is Finley new to the G1? This is his first G1. Okay, so that is very exciting. That we and Hanare, you mentioned as well, it's his first Hanare. G1. Both guys yeah. that have been around for seven, eight years uh, in the system there, and they're finally getting a crack at it. And they're probably seeing what Jay White got. They're like, we were in the same class as Jay White, and he's been champion twice. Yeah, well, you know, Jay White's head and shoulders above the... As much as, you know good stuff for those two guys do they're no jay wyatt i mean that's let's not kid ourselves yeah well true but they also were never put in a position to be jay white um but they are they are yeah jay white is is uh his own guy so really cool i mean i remember seeing Hanare four months ago and he was saying like his major goal was to be in the g1 be in the g1 and it would have been a disappointment um, if he wasn't, so I, I think it's awesome. Another reason that it's cool that they're expanding it a bit is we get to see these people. Now, of course, this year we all wanted to see Claudio and Danielson and all that stuff, but uh, you know, a lot of those guys are bu- very, very busy. And on top of that, they uh, a lot of them didn't want to do it without crowd noise. I don't know if I'd want to see Danielson in a G1 anymore, dude. Like, the dude is injury-prone and stuff. That would be kind of scary. Well, that's why he's that's why he's out now, allegedly. Yeah, he's injured. Uh, yeah, he's injured. I mean, that's why he couldn't... He wasn't at Forbidden Door. Uh, Claudio, I mean, I think... Uh, I just don't think, at least with this series, they were going to get, like, an, a, a tip-top TV every day a, uh, yeah. AEW guy. They were yeah. not going to take him off tv for a month uh to go over there oh for sure um, for sure but in which you know it's really cool that we got archer because there's history there a lot of history oh there. it's perfect it's perfect because um it's not the most it's not the like the you know the sexiest option from like the american fan standpoint in the aw like wanting to see daniels of course but um lancer lance archer makes perfect sense because number one if they're familiar with him He's already in a faction. And, yeah, he's already in a faction. You can fit him right in. And, plus, he'll bring awareness to AEW. 
um, you know, because that's where people, you know, where do you see him now? AEW. So it's it's they're already familiar with him, um, and he can maybe pull some new fans back to AEW. He's someone that AEW can lose for a month, and it's not a big deal um, because he's kind of had that role of uh, how do I explain it? He's like kind of like a gatekeeper kind of. Yeah, uh, he's kind of he's kind of like a lot of dudes get will get their their chance against him to uh, to go through him and and move on up. Right. Um, yeah, I know that like, he had a great a, match yeah. with uh, Adam Page. Um, I think they had mm-hmm. a Texas Death Match. Yeah, he's like a, a mid level boss in New Japan, yeah. so he serves a lot of value he's, there because he's always someone that you can measure up against. Uh, and you know, it's always the the the, the baby face got to go through Archer to get to the champion. You know, it makes sense, and he's the perfect guy for them to send for a month. Uh, if your your goal is to, uh, you know get Japanese fans into the AEW product more. If only they would have sent Jake the Snake with him. I don't know if Jake would have made it. <laughs> you know, uh, did you watch last night, did you see Archer and Takamichinoku, their tag? Yeah, I did a little that bit. Yeah, was it was so funny, man. He was, like, abusing Takamichinoku. They, they're still treating him like a little bit of a punk, aren't they? Taka? Yeah. Well, yesterday he was. I mean, uh, uh, well, he kept slapping him around, and then he tried to body slam Taka into another guy, and Taka was like, "Fuck that." Uh, so I think like uh, when he got brought back in recently, they were kind of making him get beat up by everybody. Remember and take everyone, you know, and uh, take everyone's finisher, whatever. Well, clearly and... uh, the Murder Hawk Monster is totally okay with fucking with Taka Michinoku because he really yeah, fucked so... with them. It seems like he's, you know, he's kind of the run of the litter now with them, I guess. Yeah, I, I think so. So, let's get uh, right into these matches here. First, we had the first G1 match of the year. It was Aaron Hanare versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. What did you think, Justin? It was okay. It, um, I kind of was thinking it would be a good uh, spot for Hanare to get the win. Um, so I wasn't too shocked by the, by him losing cause it made sense. Cause if you really go back a little bit, I was surprised it wasn't mentioned more in commentary is, you know, they were in a world tag league together. Yeah, that's, so that's there was right. Con- they were in the world tag league and I mean, Hanari was Hantai. Like he, he was always with yeah. Tanahashi. Yeah. He was almost like you could say a mentor role. Uh, so it made sense that, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, and a guy like Tanahashi, he's starting to remind me of, you know, the way that Liger was the last five years, where we might not see very many Tanahashi wins uh, coming up anytime soon. Um, you know, now that he seems to be, I mean, I don't know, I don't want to say it again, because every time you think he's starting to enter that downside of his career, he'll come out with some crazy stuff, or someone will get injured, and he'll step in and do a great job. And then he's like um, uh, headlining Wrestle Kingdom and doing a five and then he's star match. Yeah. He's the breaking case of emergency for sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's true. He's is kind of getting to that point. Okay, twenty one years consecutive G one. I heard someone say this earlier. I got to repeat this. If if Tanahashi's G one was a person, that person would be getting ready to graduate college. Yeah, it's incredible. And the fa- I mean. Listen, th- there's just something about the guy. Like, you see him walking out to the ring, and you see kind of the hobbleness in his knees, 
and when he hits the ropes, there's just a little bit of a crink to. Oh, and, dude, he look he 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 definitely looks in pain. Like, but when he goes, he goes. But then he, he does these things in the match that just makes you forget about it. He does these high <laughs> fly flows off the top onto the floor, off a uh, ladder. Just, yeah, I mean the guy can still give you a five star match if you need it. Very much an Ishii type with the like hobbling, not as hobbled as Ishii, but yeah, like when he runs, you can tell like something's up. Like well, with with Ishii, the hobbledness kind of works because he's kind of a little trolley guy anyway. <laughs> with the with the arched back and he's like humped back a little yeah. bit and stuff. He he already comes out there with his neck, you know, his chin touching the middle, his sternum, you know. Um, but I think Tanahashi is more of that kind of flamboyant, pretty boy kind of guy. So when you see a guy like that out there hurting, um, you, it's a little more uh, noticeable, you know. You know, I was thinking the other day that Tanahashi always has the best, some of the best gear in all of wrestling, like all the time. Yeah, and he's always switching yeah. it up, and um, you know, I remember Hana Kimura when she was saying that her uh, Wrestle Kingdom outfit costs like you know a thousand dollars, and it was kind of a small female. I'm like, how much does Tanahashi's robes cost to make, dude? They must be like five, ten thousand dollars to make those things, dude. I can... Well, I know that's what Ric Flair's cost back in the day, right? Oh, back in the day, they cost that much. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm Ric Flair is probably getting them like lined with diamonds and stuff like that. You know, he wasn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, know, all just... the guys have their favorite. I'm sure all the guys have their favorite um, seamstresses and, and, and whatnot. Oh, yeah, I, they have their go-to guys, uh, I'm sure. I yeah. mean, Okada, you you got to, like, think, Okada's material on his has got to be super expensive, that reflective material. But uh, Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I guess that's not here, there, or there. I just thought his, his gear is just always so great, and, like, I saw someone post like a picture of the sketches for his gear um on twitter and i was just like jeez dude and i love how he always has that he has his own logo he's one of those wrestlers who has his own logo and it's like that you know the guy on his ass that with it's kind of right. like the modern man kind of thing um right. just love that so hanare with the win here i agree with you i thought the match was okay um yeah it was short um hanare has a lot to prove um you know, uh, so, uh, I heard someone mention that he looks a little slow. He's bulked up and he's bigger than he's all ever been. Um, so I think a lot of that is just the change of gimmick and style too. Okay. Um, yeah. Did you notice that Hanare names both his finishers after video games? Streets of Rage and what's the other one? Ultima. Oh, okay. Which is kind of cool. So we got another video sure. game guy. Um, we had Kenny Omega with all his video game references. And uh, right. I like Streets of Rage. That's pretty cool. And Ultima is his uh, Full Nelson. Hmm. And I can't wait to see someone tap out with that Full Nelson. Um, that'll be really cool. Him and Bobby Lashley have a Full Nelson hold on the Full Nelson lock. So, or Chris Masters, don't forget. Does Chris Masters, no. is he a Full Nelson guy? master lock remember oh geez you would have the people sit in the chair to see how long it would they can last in it or something like that. i didn't know about that at all i think that was during our you know our phase out mode okay i don't even know during who that is laps. actually but um yeah. next match we had elp versus osprey and let me tell you this um i heard someone mention something really funny um this was uh waiting from post he said that ELP is like the Wario version of 
Will Ospreay. You know what I'm saying? Like he's he. I do, but uh, I I can see that. Yeah, he's the same kind of size, height wise. You know, you can do all the athletic stuff, but it's not quite as clean. You know, he's a um, the thing I really I thought this match was pretty damn good. Um, it's Me too. A, it's a match. I liked it a lot. It, it is like one of the, it was a junior junior style match, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing I really liked is that ELP uh, buckled down and went serious. He didn't do his comedy shtick in the match. There were no dick punches or uh, old schools or whatever he does. He was there to win it. No, I think it was the perfect you know guy to put him out there with. Let's put him out there with another guy that was a junior before and. Um, you know, they can get some familiar things going, and then we'll see what he does in those other matches that he has coming up with the other opponents. Well, but, they have a lot of no, I mean, history, too, in, in Rev Pro. ELP beat Osprey in Rev Pro. And oh, okay. you, you had probably heard, but Osprey was the one who was vouching for ELP getting into New Japan. Well, there you go. I did not know that. That's awesome. Yeah, so they have some history there. Um, they've wrestled each other a bunch before. And uh, I thought it was a good match. The opening was awesome. I mean, Osprey just out of nowhere just goes for all his junior moves, like straight out of the the gate. Sasuke special, Asuka, you know. Kind of, kind of a random question though. Kind of a little off topic, but do you know why the three guys weren't at the press conference? Uh, it was flight issues. They had flight delays. So and I stuff? don't think they were in Japan. They were just oh, they were delayed and they didn't get there yet. They either weren't in Japan or they were in the air. Right. So, n- nothing too right. crazy, you know. I mean, yeah, they weren't like COVID busted or anything. No, not busted. Really, no. they didn't test positive. Let's hope we don't have right. to deal with anything like that. This uh, well, tournament. now that they're there, I think they'll be okay. And that was ELP, Tama Tonga, and who else didn't show up? Uh, ELP, Tama Tonga, and um, there wasn't Tom Lawler made it. Um, so he wasn't on the same flight. Um, Kenta? No, no, Kenta was there. I think it, someone there else. was there was I thought there was three that didn't. No, it, anyway. there was there was, but uh, they all gave their little notes and stuff. So, um, and ELP of course said that his Archer, Archer, Archer wasn't yeah, there yeah. either. ELP yeah. said that his name stands for extremely long phallus, and uh, <laughs> I thought he was going to go for extremely long penis, but he went for something a little less vulgar, and he actually well PH, yeah, Phantasmo PH. Oh, okay. And then also, uh, he had that on his jacket, his light up jacket, coming out. Did you see that? He's, he's yeah. I didn't I didn't notice that, but he's a goof. He's he he is a goof. But like I said, he turned it on this match. He got serious. His kicks were awesome. He he kicked Osprey at one point, and Osprey sold it by just folding his body in half. Did did you see that one? Does that ring yeah, a bell? Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That cell is so great, man. And the, the fucking hidden blade at the end was so violent looking. And I love that, like, he was staring at the ref and left himself vulnerable. I just thought it was a great finish. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Um, Osprey, I really like that Osprey can take you out with one of an uh, assortment of moves. Um, yeah. I think that's cool. You really never know. Because, you know, sometimes he does, like, two hidden blades and it doesn't work. Sometimes he has to do the Stormbreaker. Well, the hidden blade was just kind of a signature move, not necessarily a finish for the longest time. Um, along with the Ozcutter was his finish originally. 
Uh, and then the he brought Oscar, in the yeah. what's it called the th- um, what's that like Stormbreaker. twisting thing? Stormbreaker was brought in, and uh, and then all of a sudden the hidden blade out of nowhere went from being like just a signature move spot to being the finish. Yeah, I thought that he had uh, debuted the hidden blade and the Stormbreaker at the same time in Wrestle Kingdom against Ibushi uh, for the Never Open title. Uh, I think I think that's the case. I think he debuted those together. Um, I know that he, okay. like, fucked up Ibushi when he first did it, and Ibushi had to be stretchered out. Do you remember that? No, I don't. But I, I kind of remember the Hidden Blade coming. Uh, well, I think that I just always remember the Hidden Blade being there. Yeah, because there, um, there was a talk about, like... The Stormbreaker became the new finisher at some point. Maybe when he went to heavyweight. No, that that is what it is, and I think that's when yeah. the hidden blade came out too. Is is he was like, he was basically saying uh, he had to figure out new moves for heavyweight, which is funny that he I could have sworn he used the hidden blade before, but whatever. Uh, it's kind of funny though because he, he gets the stormbreaker for the heavyweights, even though that move is like harder to do to heavyweights than the uh, boss cutter. But also, he you know if he's gonna be a heel, he wants a little less of a flashy move um even though the stormbreaker is pretty pretty damn cool so he puts out elp with a violent violent front to the face uh hidden blade yeah so nothing hidden about that one yeah um yeah it was pretty cool and i love that he looks up thought he had three boom like look made himself look vulnerable Uh, he you know and yeah I, i really like that finish yeah, really great match, and uh, I think we're going to see a lot of that from El Phantasmo the rest of the way, and of course Will Ospreay. Yeah, I definitely hope so. Moving on, we had Jay White versus Sonata. What do you got on this one? It was pretty good. I thought it was better than the Hanari Tanahashi match. Um, you know, uh, not the hugest fan of Sonata, although he's improved a lot lately, in my opinion. I feel like we've been saying that um, for years, though, haven't we? Yeah. But, uh, you know, you're going to get that type of match with Jay White. And I don't think they're the slickest of dance partners in terms of their styles. I don't think they go together too well. Um, Because I don't think Sonata's fiery enough to kind of counter, you know, Jay White's tactics. You know, it takes a nice fiery baby face to kind of, you know, really deliver well against Jay White. But it was good. It was good. They're both very, you know, talented guys. And... uh, yeah, Jay White's just incredible. One of the best in the, the world. And the talking during the match and all the stuff with, uh, you know, trying to get the fans to cheer and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I actually liked this one more than the uh, Osprey match. I really liked this match. Something about it yeah, really it was good. really spoke to me. Um, I feel like one of the things I like was not a ton of interference in the match. Um, yeah. Um, pretty straight ahead. I think there was like one little spot, but... You know, no brass knuckles or anything stupid like that, you know? No, there was a couple things with Gato, but nothing that, like, was the ultimate outcome, the cider, so. Yeah, and... and no, the- no, there's no reason why, uh, you know, the champion Jay White should need dirty tactics to beat Sonata, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And for such a cocky guy, it's nice to see him win clean. Um, I... I love, I, you know, Jay White has, like, become, like, the counter master kind of guy. And I think that's kind of his gimmick, is he counters and comes out of nowhere, right, with his finisher. Yeah. Um, and I really liked the finish. I, I, I just, I thought it was very unique, the way they did it. It was, like, 
reversal into reversal, and then boom, he hits the uh, whatever the cr- the crossroads. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Yeah, he hits Sister Abigail. He hits the Sister Abigail and wins. So uh, good match, Sonata. If you're a Sonata fan, you can pretty much uh, you should switch wrestlers at this point. Because who knows? They might even win him, make him win the block. Who knows what they're going to do with him? They did put him in a final a couple years ago. Um, but no, I think that's what plays well with the uh, the the Blade Runner actually works when you do those kind of flip flop finishers mm-hmm. when they when they switch back and forth. The Blade Runner is really good with that. Yeah, it it, it looks good in that type of uh, you know spot. Yeah, it, yeah, it does, and and all it takes is just uh, this one little position, and boom, you know, you never know yeah, if he's he, gonna hit it or not. He'll get you into the position, even at the very end of the match, he'll get you in the position. And you're like, oh, he's gonna hit it, and then oh, they slip right out, you know. So right, um, right. it's easier to go. It's easy to go either way with it, you know. And it, yeah, and it's just fun. Like, you look, it's one finisher. The Cody Rose does the same finisher, but like the way it's implemented, I think this is a. Little different. I think his is almost like I don't know. I have to look. I know it's a little different. It's just Abigail. Him the yesterday. Same well, maybe I'm. Wrong. I think he does. I think he does something more with the arms. Okay. With the crossroads, I, I could be wrong. I but, could have swore I watched him like videos of him yesterday and compared. Sister Abigail and the Blade Runner are the same, except for he doesn't kiss. He the doesn't kiss the, the kiss the forehead, which he, he should. He should. Um, yeah, or he should slit the throat. You know, like, <laughs> just straight up go all the way go all the way so uh yeah. especially in a no holds barred match right because like it's legal so after yes. that you had the main event which, which was okada versus cobb i thought this was really good i uh, for me jay white was my favorite match of the night but cobb and okada they can always go i didn't think this match was as good as their like god i don't even remember when they last wrestled but it was the it was the last match of the block night okay okay it was uh and it was for the, uh, you know, the final, for a spot in the finals. I felt like they did it a little too early. I wanted to wait, a, you know, at least to the middle of the tournament to see this match. Yeah, a lot of people, too, were absolutely sure that Cobb was going to win. And for me, just looking at the way it was set up, I, I knew that he had no chance. I mean, th- there's uh, no... I, I, Go ahead. I feel like it being this early in the tournament, they had to get Okada the win right away. Well... For the first night of the G1, dude, there is no way that Jeff Cobb is going to be giving the promo to to the yeah. fans. Like, it's just not going to happen, man. I mean, Jeff Cobb, yeah. his promos, too, are kind of, like, I hate to say it, like, he, he just, he talks like you and I talk, bro. He's not hey, a man, screamer. Hey, man, but he, he did drop the Michael Elgin line in the press conference. And what was that? You didn't hear this whole Michael Elgin business? No, I heard him. He said promo, 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 promo. Oh, All these guys are Michael going Elgin allegedly got arrested for stealing protein powder in Japan and got sent home from Noah. What? Yeah, it's been all over, man. No, I knew that he got dropped, but I didn't know that that was the reason. Yeah, allegedly. He's kind of doing his little denial thing about it, but... Um, he that guy's a fucking idiot, bro. He's always getting yeah. in trouble, man. Like to me, it's like, I, it, listen, if you're down on your times, we've all been there. I get it, but don't you think if he went to like the Noah office, and says, hey, can you guys get me some protein powder? Yo, how's he down on his free. time, bro? He's making money in Japan. All right. Well, you know, he's probably got a lot of money to pay with 
whatever legal cost and he's probably got mm. child support and all that i don't know but i'm just saying you never know what i'm saying is all i know is that if he needed he was in dire need of protein powder i'm sure somebody in japan would have hooked him up with it he could without have having his shoplift or just called the noah office that's crazy I mean, come that's on. crazy man and as a former thief like which i used to be you know i used to shoplift a lot in my 20s and stuff i know you're like well we all did but i used to do it like a lot it's ba- it's kind of embarrassing but like looking back and stuff like i would never do that in a foreign country bro that would be scary as fuck um and this, yeah. this is gonna get a little weird here but i actually know a guy that lived in japan and shoplifted a lot and he actually told me that in japan like it's really hard to get caught because so little people do it that they don't even pay attention to it. Like he was saying, you can just walk out of the store and it's almost unbelievable to them that you would do that. You know what I mean? Like right, it's almost right. like denial. So he must have been pretty uh, pretty brazen about it. It makes me think he must have been doing it a lot. Or they had an eye on him because he's this big, giant yeah, white guy. That That's true too, but... What a fucking! I don't idiot. know what your friend is, but no, um, he was just a military guy that was in the oh, okay. uh, that lived in like Okinawa and stuff. But uh, oh, okay, that that is not okay. Not my friend, a guy that I knew at one point. Okay, let me take that An back. acquaintance. Uh, yeah, but ba- anyways, um, just to bring it back to Jeff Cobb, so we can kind of not talk about Michael Elgin. Thank God. To, but um, you know, he said in the in, the only thing you guys are stealing is protein. <laughs> Oh, he dropped that at the God. press conference, and we did. And two days later, everyone's like, "Oh my God!" He was referring to that because I'm sure there's some kind of he knows him or whatever. Wow, he's making fun of him. Um, that's funny as hell, man. And, and also, don't forget that New Japan is coming out with their own line of protein powder. Okay, so maybe a little double reference there. Sure. Are Are you gonna buy some? I don't know if I can get it out here. Does it look like somebody that consumes protein powder? I would try it if they had it out here, but I don't know what their flavors would be like. Green tea and like uh, green you know, tea, red bean. yeah, uh, red bean paste. What's it, what's that stuff called? Az- Azumi. Az- yeah, something like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know about all that, um, and I don't consume protein powder either. Nor do I eat, like. I eat pizza, bro. Like it's it's not good. Um, so Let's yeah, go. what what did you think Let's of the match though? You thought it was good? Yeah, it was good. I like I said, not as good as their um, their their the block final, I guess you can call it. Yeah. Six months ago, but um, it was it was good. Is, I love Jeff Cobb. Isn't, and isn't Cobb, was, Cobb just like like the way he throws people and stuff is just incredible, dude. Effortless. Oh, and is he did big. that. He did that gut wrench from the top rope. It was incredible, <sighs> and they and and the board came up, and they had the to board came red up. shoes had to stomp it down. Yeah, I think Okada was telling he, him. He's going referee, referee, and he's all yeah. dingu, dingu de, you know, and and I'm like, wait, what's going on? And then you see red shoes stomping. I thought yeah. they were gonna have to take it outside the ring and get someone in there. But uh, I guess it was a good thing it was the last match of the night. Yeah, they actually—it's um, funny because in WWE, you know, when the ring breaks, it's a gimmick, you know. Now that's yeah. a little different because for <laughs> them, the whole ring actually collapses and then a it ref falls collapses. and breaks their collarbone. But like in this one, it's like no, the uh, the ring really did break. <laughs> a pallet popped out, but no. Anyways, it was a really, really good match. I just felt like the timing of it in the in terms of the tournament, uh, it just wasn't placed right. 
in terms of the schedule, but you know, yeah, we're not going to see those guys wrestle again, and they're obviously great dance partners. But then we got a bunch of Haas fights coming up, so we'll see what happens there. Oh yeah. All right, moving on to night two, which I thought was a fucking great night. Um, I guess not fucking great, but it was a really, really good. It was a really good night. Really it was good. Fun, yeah. um, made me really miss the the crowd though, uh, and that's because of this first match, Ishii versus Tai Chi. Now. Ishii and Tai Chi had a match a couple years ago that, for me, was like a five-star match. And part of the reason that match was so good was because the crowd was freaking the fuck out. I think it was a Karakun Hall match. And, uh, man, like, it's it's kind of a match I'll never forget. Like, you know, uh, Tai Chi does his, like, pose before he kicks you in the head. You know, that pose, like, kind of like right, right. a, uh, no pun intended, Tai Chi or Kung Fu pose. Um, right. I just remember him That's going in sumo-ish type of thing. Yeah, I remember him going into that pose, and the crowd was just freaking out. And uh, I missed that, but they still put on a great match. Tai Chi is becoming this like tough, hard-hitting guy, like now, right? Like uh, I've never seen a guy. F- it's just funny because I was thinking about it. I was like, my uncle's a big sumo guy, and I don't think he's seen, seen much of Tai Chi. And I could just imagine myself saying, you know. This guy, Tai Chi, as you hear that song being played and him coming out looking like a, you know, a role-playing game character from 1993. Um, Maybe 97. Yeah, he's coming out there looking, you know, with the masquerade kind of outfit, right? Mm -hmm. Um, He actually takes a big influence on his style from Sumo. He's a big Sumo fan. I'm like, like, you don't get that out of him walking to the ring, right? I, I, I haven't noticed that. How, 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 what's the sumo? I mean, I see kicks to the head. Oh, 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 that was the one thing I was going to say why I love the finish of this match was he used that sumo elbow, the hakoho, right? Like they was mentioning it. Chris Charlton was. He used the sumo kind of strike. Oh, I, I did the see elbow. that. Yeah. And um, that led right to the Black Mephisto, and I thought that was awesome. Okay, that was kind of cool. Yeah, he did the rushing kind of elbow, huh? Right, right, and it kind of, when the main event came about, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, there was kind of a similar spot, or something I thought could have been worked out similarly, but I love that elbow that led to the Black Mephisto at the end, that was just like a nice, quick, sudden finish, Um, and these guys just obviously beat the crap out of each other, I don't know how, um, you know, the, we'll have to donate uh, she's brain to science to really find out what's going on in there. He's probably got the brain of a 96 year old. Dude, with, he's pro- you, know. you know, a lot of these guys that wrestle this style and this way we see, it's like you come to find out that they're actually so good at what they do that they can do it in a weirdly safe way. You know, it's like the now the headbutts that that's a different story, dude. Those that's stupid. That, that's just crazy. Like he just must have a thick skull or something. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know the, what he's going through. The headbutts. <laughs> I, I, in fact, I think worked headbutts look better than than the fake headbutts. Like so, I, I think they actually just look better. Like with the stomp. Look at Kento Miyahara, for example. Just amazing with worked headbutts. I, I, I don't see the point of the clunking coconuts, uh, unless you want to have another uh, Sakura Genesis. Uh, situation but uh i mean yeah yeah who knows we'll see in years hopefully doesn't do anything stupid but it was a it was a great match tai chi looks awesome ishii is always good there's there's no surprise there so uh yeah good stuff man 
the next match was Toru Yano versus Jonah. I think they did Jonah fucking dirty, putting him up against Toru Yano in his first match. It, I mean, it wasn't even like one of those creative. Like we'll always remember the Moxley Toriano match. Gave us a great. Uh, I will because it was his meme. first loss, right? Yeah, it gave us a great meme. It gave us some great after promos. It was kind of creative in terms of a Yano match. Taped him to the young boy. I mean, it, I've, I really liked it. I thought it was funny back then. Um, I thought Moxley took it well, but I didn't. What was it like a low blow when he just got a double low out? blow? He low blowed Tito and him. Yeah, I just thought it was a really uncreative way. And yeah, like the guy coming in here, don't you want him to establish a little bit of his force? Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully he'll get it back with some other stuff. But uh, I, yeah, I don't understand it. I, I would have gone with Okada and Yano right away just to get, get it out, out of the way. way. Yeah. yeah. Get well, your super serious guy and your comedy guy. Let's do that night one and then we can move on. You know, yeah. and we got that coming right up. But yes, I I, I agree. Um, although Okada, well, yeah, you could have you could have made that the main event, I suppose. But you really don't want Toriano in. Any I would have put the event. champion as the main event. You would have put Jay White as the main event. Well, then who's gonna send the people home happy? Jay White. Jay White. I love Jay White. Jay White doesn't make anyone happy except he's, himself. He's 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 your champion. I suppose so. But you take uh, it and like it. You don't go <laughs> home happy every night. So yeah, they did Jonah dirty. I didn't. Yeah. I thought the finish was okay. You're right. It was a very typical, but that's his role. We all we all know that. It's not even worth saying. That's his role, and uh, you know we'll see. Maybe he'll go on a string of spoilers and uh, be surprised. But uh, are you going to watch their glamping, um, chaos glamping? September. When does that come out? The DVD and then the pay per view, all that stuff, right? Yeah, I ain't watching it on pay per view. I'll tell you that. I'll figure no, out a way to watch I'm not. it. But uh, no, I'll ch- I'd be interested in checking it out. I'll get my wife to translate begrudgingly. Oh, I'm sure they'll have subs, right? I don't know. Maybe you're gonna make her sit there and translate the entire one hour. <laughs> Probably not. Has she done it before? No. I mean, we did watch the Tanahashi movie. Mm, my that dad is a heel wrestler. Yeah, I don't think that's on there anymore. I don't recall if they had subtitles or not. I think they did. They must have, because, I mean... I she, th- it was a good movie. Everyone told me they were like, the booking in this movie was, was like, amazing booking. Like, like, fake, you know, but, like, they were like, the booking was incredible if it were a real wrestling. I know Okada was the, was the heel. Oh, they switched him on the end? Yeah, Okada was the heel. Sweet, sweet. No, I, I, I get so. their names mixed up because Makabe was like King Kong or something, and something uh, like uh, Okada was like something I don't know. Gorilla, it was some like it was weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've never seen that, but I always wanted to watch it. It looked cool, and uh, they did like it's a, it's a cute movie. It's a cute movie. They actually sure. remember when they actually had a match. I, I recall, yeah, that did happen at some point. And huh? uh, uh, Tanahashi got to play heel for one night, which was fun. And right. weirdly enough, he was super good at it because he's Tanahashi. <laughs> but uh, the next match, this, this was my favorite match so far in the tournament, man, um, was Kenta versus Zack. Uh, what'd you think? It was just one of those great ground battles. And it was, a, I mean, we hadn't seen a Kenta match since Wrestle Kingdom, right? 
Nope, we haven't seen one since Wrestle Kingdom. Extremely memorable match. I'll never forget that those images of the blood on the table and he still um, has a giant scar on his back from it. If you notice, oh, is that from that? Yeah, dude, the guy has scars all over. Like, I think he's got like neck surgery scars. He's got yeah. the one from the shoulder when he was at in NXT. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. I felt like this match wasn't even a New Japan match, dude. It was very much like a Noah match. They slapped the fuck out of each other. In fact, Kenta yeah. was hardly slapping uh, Zach multiple times. And there was a story, too. Did, did you catch that? No, what was the story with the slapping? I did there see There was the... a story with the whole match, which was that Zach started in Noah back in the day. As a young right, he boy. was a Noah young boy. Yeah, right. yeah. And so the story was that Kenta was disrespecting him and calling him a young boy. He's saying, you're still a young boy to me. Mm. So it was like Zach had something to prove. Um, that he's not a kid anymore. He's, you know, he's a full man and he can beat his ass. And um, a, a lot of times I don't like Kenta matches because, like, Kenta, they give him offense and his offense, while while it's like a lot of strikes and stuff, it's just like okay, well, someone would jump up and attack him back. But like, I felt like they did a great job here because he would do his offense, and then Zach would catch him, you know, catch him and throw, put him into a uh, hold. And so it wasn't like his his just like he's just punching you, then you know slowly you get up, then he kicks you, and then slow. It was like he would do that, and then he would kick you, and then he would grab your foot and put you in a heel hook, you know. Um, I like how he took he you know he told Kenta to slap him and then he kind of did the my turn thing and he just gave him the few quick uh, neck snaps with his legs. Oh, he did the double one. Yeah, that yeah, was that thought, that was awesome. Um, yeah, that was cool. Kenta's got one of my favorite moves in wrestling, which is his counter hit, where where you know you get in the slap battles and then he comes with the counter, which seems hard to time, but he timed yeah, it. Yeah, that is cool. He timed it perfectly and it looked like he slapped the fuck out of zach um so getting a great finish here with the uh, lucha style instant tap out um yeah i love i love that i love that finish where it's, it's more realistic like like you know like real mma where it's just like oh i gotta tap out i'm not gonna yeah. um something bad's gonna happen if i don't yeah and of course uh he claimed he did not tap out so, he's Kenta, right? Sure. He all does it. So, it makes me so happy to see Kenta. In the, he really came back with a vengeance. I feel like he's got a lot of confidence right now. And it made me happy to see him here and not uh, with a briefcase full of tape. Yeah, yeah. I like a good Kenta promo and some laughter from Kenta because he is a funny guy, clearly. But, yeah. you know, I, I do like the when he's in the ring, let's just make him... The newspaper thing was funny with Suzuki, by the way. Which Remember one? that? When Suzuki would be coming to the ring and Kento would just be reading the newspaper. <laughs> oh, he would pull out a newspaper? You didn't? You never saw that? Mm -hmm. it was, I can't remember. It was the New Japan Cup, maybe? Something like that. Yeah. Can't, well, he would yeah, come out. The cool thing about Kenta, and this is what I've heard about him, because I asked, I liked him in NXT, and this was before I watched New Japan. And, and I asked people about him because I would look and I'd see like, oh, this guy was 
like for a couple years he was voted like wrestler of the year in like 2006 you know what i'm saying and i was right, like how right. the fuck is this hideo atami guy's wrestler of the year what like why and i would ask people and they would say oh he used to be like super cocky and an asshole and uh so it's kind of cool to see him playing that character again because it's right in his wheelhouse it's where he belongs he's a sarcastic prick um you know he's goofy but at the same time it's he's goofy because he just doesn't give a fuck yeah he's and he's the striker and he does the go to sleep does the go to sleep um, or the uh game over right right that's his his uh submission right mm-hmm. but so. yeah no it's a great match um love both those guys quick aside here uh I can't name every instance of this, but we've seen been seeing a lot of guys do new or interesting moves. Have you noticed that too? Yeah, I mean, I would like to kind of do uh, some research on it, but I, I feel like everyone that's there feels like they have to bring something a little bit different now. Well, you see, uh, you saw Okada do an enziguri. Right. Which was really yeah. weird. And supposedly that's a tribute to uh, Inoki. O- Okada's been filling a lot of his... Uh, he's been doing a lot of uh, tribute kind of moves to his moveset lately. Yeah, yeah. The other thing is... They, he's he, coming with the robe, he got the history. He got a name for his, um, his like, body slam kind of Michinoku driver move. So they're calling right. it the Clover Flosion. Oh, right, the Flosion, right. So as opposed to the Emerald Flosion, it's the Clover Flosion, and supposedly that move is a kind of um, all-Japan type of shout-out move. Right. So uh, the other Pretty thing cool. we saw is we saw uh, <laughs> we saw Ishii and Taichi do drop kicks, which was hilarious. Yeah. Ishii not, with a drop kick. You don't see that too often. He does not leave his feet often. <laughs> no, no. Uh, shit, I've seen matches where he didn't even leave uh, leave the ring, which I kind of miss that. <laughs> like, I wish they would do that a little more. But um, I loved that. Uh, last, we had Shingo versus Juice. Thought this was another good match. I, I love Juice as a heel, man. I, I was very I skeptical it. at first, but let me just say, man, he... He just plays whatever role they put him in. He, like, has totally immersed himself in this. And the rock hard. <laughs> like, I can't even say it. Like, I, yeah, I, it's so good. I swear the first night it was a Vince McMahon impression. I Like, I, I swear, dude. Because he was like, he didn't say it that way the second night. But the first night he was doing that. You know, it sounded just yeah, like yeah. Vince. But, but he's got a little, like, kind of like a teenage youth to his voice, you know? It, he can, His voice can go very high, dude. Like, Yeah, yeah. That, I, I, I'm, I love Juice Robinson. I've always been a fan of Juice. And um, he, he's almost kind of, in a way, a Jay White-ish type of heel now. Um, but uh, he's got every... I, I love, this is something I, was, I would mention if I was doing commentary is remember during the press conference he mentioned that the belt was getting repaired or whatever. Mm-hmm. I saw that belt, uh, you know, he brought out uh, the other night, and it looked all scratched up and terrible. It has been like for Kevin, a while. 
if I was Kevin Kelly, like, hey, that belt wasn't in the shop. What's going on here? That would have been a good way to kind of play to the heelness of it all. <laughs> so you say that um, he, he kind of reminds you of Jay White. Can you give some, like, specifics to that? Just a lot of talk during the match. Okay. Yeah. A lot of getting out of the ring and powdering. Yeah. Yeah. You a know, lot of psych- it, psychology it, stuff. A little, a lot, a lot more psychology stuff. A lot, a lot of talking. Obviously, it's not to the level that Jay White does it, um, and I, I, I think that Jay, uh, you know, because uh, I was going to play, th- I was going to mention, it, I mentioned it earlier, but uh, with his the left hand of God, he throws right. Yeah. Uh, to me, I would make that. I thought we were going to see it as a setup to the juice box or whatever he's using now, the rock slide or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like the kick to the stomach. Mm, before a stunner uh, you know, with, with before a stunner i wish he would do that more like there's the punch and then he sets it up um because sometimes you know a, a good old punch of the face will be enough to knock the average person out <laughs> well, right yeah oh yeah for sure so i would love him to use that as like a setup for whatever his finisher is and it looked like he kind of botched the finish a little bit and just went with the juice box is that what was well, i right well, in that assumption? it's the, the pulp friction right pulp friction sorry yeah, so, and this is something I wanted to say, is he wrestled so smart. And I, I, I even tweeted about that before Chris Charlton said it. Like, he he really was, like, very aware of what was going on. That it's uh, More so than I remember him being. Very impressed. So, for example, he was just doing those little things that, that, that like, kayfabe, like, seemed very, like, like really a wrestler would do he would pin shingo and then pull his arm out of the way so he couldn't grab the rope you know um right. little things like that and then at the end he goes for the rock slide misses it and instead of retrying it which we all know like that kind of looks lame he just goes for right. the pulp friction instead i thought it was really smart yeah i mean from a kayfabe standpoint it's really good stuff and i i have this feeling about juice you know, Juice is someone that with no social media. Um, you know, he he did that Alvarez interview saying he was going to walk away. Yeah. But I bet you, like behind the scenes, like working with Juice is he's he's. I have a feeling like he's just really great to work with. I imagine, man, and he's been in New Japan for a long time now. He can communicate and, with all those guys. And he was in NXT. Um, and he actually went into the dojo and trained as a as a as a as a young lion for a minute, right? Yep. Actually, he quit NXT. He was right. not released. He he was playing CJ Parker. I remember CJ Parker too, and I remember he seemed kind of lame. In fact, uh, he got he got his ass whooped by Kevin Owens, and he actually like broke Kevin Owens' nose in their first match together, um, mm-hmm. or at least fucked it up, and. It kind of had a little thing going on, but then I remember, well, oh, it's like all of a sudden the dude's in New Japan, and he, you know, he made a, he took a huge risk. He left NXT and went to Japan, and, you know, yeah, like you said, became a young boy, and, you know, he's he's won some championships, he's gone on that long babyface run, he's changed his character and look, well, not his character, but he's changed his look up about 20 times, and yeah. um, now he's not shy about that. Now he's finally uh, getting to be this kind of crazy heel. And, of course, his promo after the match was great, too. Did you catch that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he's <laughs> he's going, moi. He's like, but y'all are Japanese. That's a little French you for know. y'all. But when I put him on the floor, it's Ichinisan. I know y'all understand what that means. <laughs> I mean, you know, 
he's one of the most underrated promos in the business. Yeah. We've talked about that numerous times. Well, and um, that's why I was interested to see his heel promo this time around. Because we know he can do, he can cry. He Maybe he's just right. emotional. Literally, legit emotional. Um, he, he he does that, that pro. If he doesn't quite, like, like pull it off he'll 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 tell you he's like i ah, he'll, he'll t- he seems depressed and stuff and there's something natural about the way he talks even if he messes sure. up it just seems natural right for sure for sure very natural um, um definitely you know, charismatic when he shat himself you know he did that <laughs> i just I, I sharded right um but i i, I did uh, well i will say this like i think i told you before but when i was at that g1 in 2019 mm-hmm. he was like probably the most over um he got the loudest reaction of any f- other foreign wrestler including wow <clears throat> including moxley wow what was omega in that g1 no no 2019 so it was okay. um they were oh both no that was the mo- that, that was night. the moxley one that was the moxley one yeah it was the, yeah so i think the night i went it was Fale and archer which ironically we're gonna get again. Mm-hmm. Evil, evil Abushi. Evil won that match. Oh God, evil. That's another thing about this block is we don't have to watch evil every other night. Ah, uh, Osprey Okada. Oof. Oh, no, you no, were no. at that. I'm show. sorry. No, 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 no. no I'm sorry. Osprey. Uh, it wasn't Osprey Okada. Osprey it was Tanahashi? Okada and Zack Saber Jr. Okay. And the main event was Kenta and um, Kenta and Tanahashi. Okay, cool. I, and I, Archer, Archer against, was it Sonata? No, I'm sorry, Osprey Sonata, I think. Nice, nice. And what city was this in? It was a pretty good card. It was in the, well, actually, ironically, in the match we watched with, it was at the Ota City Gymnasium. Ota City Ward? Yeah, which is Tokyo, basically. Okay, just a little little outside. Yeah, nice man. Yeah, uh, I thought the first night was was okay. I think the second night we're starting to get to what the G one is. Um, it, again, it's tough without crowds. Blah blah blah. We don't need to talk about that. But uh, you know, the G one, it's you know we're talking five star matches every couple nights and. Um, yeah. I think we're starting like this. To me, this is Zach uh, Kenta match was just like okay, okay. They're raising the bar. It's arrived. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, yeah. It's. I'm excited for you know. Um, I just don't. You know, this is a year where I do. It feels pretty wide open to me. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah. There, there's definitely a lot of options. I mean. Jeez, yeah, but I mean, also you want to think of like who's going to sell a Wrestle Kingdom? Obviously, Ibushi's not there. So he's out. You, of the you mix. could go. You could go Akata again, and no one will be mad at that. Maybe some people will. Could go you could Shingo. Give Naito. You could give Naito his swan song. Naito. Last main event. Although I'm gonna say Naito um, and Jay White, I don't think they have great chemistry. Personally, you uh, you can give Jay White. Uh, and let him let pick. Him be the first guy to hold the title. Let him pick, and he would you know maybe throw bring Adam Cole over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, i mean there's there's a there, lot or of stuff he can pick kenny omega like i don't know i was trying to think like could you have zach saber jr do it and then re- actually go to england like he was talking about um, to me right away when he said that i'm like oh he's not gonna win it <laughs> <laughs> he's... it was just like when hiromu said that he would take uh 
you know, he would, uh, what did he say he was going to do with it? That you're like, oh, no, he's not going to do that. Oh, I don't even remember. Um, oh, it was in the New Japan Cup. When he said, Hiromu said if he was going to win the New Japan Cup, he would do it, use it to go after the junior title again. Oh, okay. It's like, get the fuck out of here. You're not going to win it, you know. <laughs> yeah. And why would you go through all those heavyweights just to go back and go for the light? Yeah, it didn't make I sense. I didn't even know you were allowed to do that with the New Japan Cup. That's kind of weird, but... uh. Yeah, well, you know, it's Hiromu, man. That's our guy, you know, so he says those things. But, um, yeah, um, I, yeah, I like the fact it's a little wide open and the fact that you're going to get these really interesting semi-final matches i hope somebody like evil doesn't sneak into it but like oh looking at the way well, they're the, not gonna the do evil plays out it's possible they're not gonna do evil versus jay white i mean you can you, yeah but then the no, jay white but could they lose. Can put evil evil can win that block yeah evil could win the block yeah and that's what scares me more i don't he's not gonna win the thing but i can see evil winning that block do you think evil and... needs to be let go not let go. Let's just keep him where he's at right now. Let go. Like, let's he wants to go back. Is he still engaged at Yoshirai? I don't know anything about that. That's... I thought they were at some point. I don't know. I don't. So know. I, I don't think. Uh, Do you think he needs to be let go and find his way in into different promotion? No, no. I just I, to me. You it's, think it's e- really evil should have a job still? Yeah, sure. I'm not gonna take anyone's job away. And he wasn't particularly bad. I think he, Evil, the character, the booking was just really bad with him. Yeah, at least Ghetto kind of learned his lesson so far, right? Well, yeah, he totally put him on the back burner. I think we're going to get a lot. We might get some, uh, you know, conclusion of what's going on with the Bullet Club. If you noticed in Juice Robinson's promo, he was very disparaging to El Fantasmo and, uh, you know, Yoshi uh, and, and Takahashi. Uh, the Tokyo mm. pimp guy, you know, mm. saying you guys never beat me. Usually, the Bullet Club guys aren't that disrespectful to each other. Yeah, so, so, Bullet Club's always got bullshit going on nowadays, man. Yeah, that's true. but uh, yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of options, which makes it more fun, right? And that's part of the. That's yeah. like one of the reasons I. One of the times that I love New Japan and wrestling in general is when you have no clue. It makes it so much more fun. Not saying that predictable is bad because predictable is not bad. Predictable just like when you watch a movie, you know the good guy's going to win at the end. It, it It's very good. You know, booking should in a way be predictable, yeah. but it's nice to have it open where you're not sure. And Will Ospreay is another contender you didn't mention that could definitely win Will the G1. Will Sure. Absolutely. I think, yeah, and uh, you know, I don't think anyone would be upset at seeing Will Ospreay. Jay White could be a very interesting match. Oh, yeah. Match. Oh, yeah. Um, now, When's the last time you had two foreigners uh, headline The Tokyo that? Dome? Uh, yeah. Never? Right. So that, we'll or see what, if they're ready if, for that. If it was, it would be like Hulk Hogan. You know, it would be like something from the 80s or something like Hulk Vader Hogan, versus... Stan Hansen or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Um, so... Very exciting, man. Um, yeah, and I'm actually having fun. I'm having fun. I'm having fun watching this. Um, the first night, I wasn't quite sure. I knew it was going to be good, but the second night, I was like, all right, baby, it's G1 season. It's heating up. Um, let's talk about some of the matches upcoming next two nights. Yeah. So unlike past years where we had like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, G1, then Saturday, then oh, oh, they're spacing them out. So we've got a Wednesday, Wednesday, so Tuesday night for us, Wednesday morning. Um, mm-hmm. we've got, uh, okay. So we got Finley versus Yujiro. I'm going to just straight up say this. Um, love you, Finley. Um, this is probably 
one of the lesser, uh, how do I put it? This is probably one of the matches like people are least excited for, I, I would imagine. I, I, I don't know why. They could not find somebody to replace Yujiro this year. <laughs> no offense to him, you know. I like, you know, the gimmick sometimes and stuff. Nah, Yujiro sucked. We, yeah, Yujiro didn't need to be there. We could have got somebody else in that place. Uh, yeah, I, um, I, well, but, anybody uh, is with Carl the... Fredericks could have been a better use of, you know. Yeah, and he's champion, those, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Maybe those guys don't want to do a G1. and Fred Rosser would have been a gr- better... I know, they have so many people from strong yeah. shit. Big Demo. They're... I'd rather see him than you, Jerof. I would have rather seen big dude, you know, bad dude Tito in that spot, to be honest with you. Yeah. Or Roey Sai. Chris Dickinson. They could have done... Well, I don't know if he's going to be doing anything anytime soon with them like this. Oh, oh did something happen? Where have you been, dude? <laughs> About a month or two ago, he had the whole he had some girls call him out with his relationship Me Too stuff. Dude, you know what? Here's where I get my news. I listen to Wrestling Observer every. You're on Twitter enough to get Sunday, stuff out. Monday. I'm sure Wrestling Observer talked about no, it. No, they haven't talked about Chris Dickinson once. They haven't talked about um, they haven't talked about what's his name, fucking the Noah guy at all. Uh, who we were just talking about that stole protein. Well, the no- I I think I found out about that yesterday. But the Chris Dickinson stuff was, like, two, three months ago. To, to be fair, though, like, a lot of times Wrestling Observer, they're only going to talk about stuff that's, like, solidly... Well, I don't know, though, because they bring up rumors all the time. But, like, as far as, like, I, news sexual stuff goes, they're only going to talk about it yeah. if it's, like, solidly backed up. They're not going to be like, we've right. heard that this may... Um, well, I'm just saying, I don't know what the whole deal with is with it, but I don't think they were going to fly him over for that this year because okay. of that. I didn't um, didn't know about. He's all still that. getting booked, but yeah, there was yeah something came out with him. I don't know if it's right or wrong. I don't know, but there was one and then two girls, and then oh, it kind of slowed down after that. Um, uh, anyways, neither here nor there. Yujiro Takahashi. There's a lot of suitable replacements they could have used in his place. Pimp juice. That's what I would yell if I were at the show. Um, By the way, on a sidebar, uh, this is our yearly Joey Ryan update. Did you hear what happened to him? He was working at Disneyland and he got out. (laughs) Yeah, he got fired. Thank God, dude. I mean, mean, the fact that he even thought he could get a job there is kind of surprising. I guess he wouldn't ring up on a background check, right? No, because I was trying to tell my wife this. First of all, I think he must have known somebody there, number one. Yeah. That helped him. Because he's from that area. He's an Angels fan, all that stuff. Oh, okay. I think... So, I think he must have known somebody. He's probably a Disney fan um, that got him in there. Well, and he's like an actor, kind of. You know, a performer. But the thing is, if you look up the report... First of all, he was never arrested. So, there would be technically nothing on his background. Yep. So, so even if they used his shoot name, they wouldn't... Which they probably did look up. um, They didn't Google him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think if they would have Googled Joey Ryan Wrestler, they would have found all that stuff out and said, okay, you know what? We probably don't want this guy working here. Yeah. But if they just looked up his shoot name and a background check, they weren't going to find it. Um, but since this guy was going to be out in the public and doing this kind of role where you're interacting with people, they probably wanted to go a little further and go with the Google search. And I have a feeling that there was someone working there that was trying to hook him up that, uh, you know... Um, 
When you're that infamous, that, dude, like your through. your name is gonna pop up somewhere. He's so. gonna get caught. He was gonna get caught eventually. That's the thing. It's not like he was, uh, you know, dressing up like Goofy or something like that <laughs> in um, the costume. Uh, I am. You know, uh, he was. I'm quite sure that just like many people who are deviants in that way, he'll probably end up becoming a preacher eventually. That's my guess. Well, that's well. He has done the church thing. I know you've seen like that's yeah, a little bit. So claim to have done. He'll probably start a church and claim that he changed his life. So, um, nah, he's already doing that. But I'm, except for the starting a church thing, I just thought like, you know what, dude, you might just have to become a personal trainer at a gym. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's not the yeah. worst idea in the world. Um, watch you go to the gym and you're like, I'm gonna lose some weight, man. I'm gonna get into the gym. And anyways, uh. The next you hear, do you like pina coladas? <laughs> it's like, oh, God, dude. You'd have to be like, well, I guess he's pretty fit, so shit. He might know something about, you know. Well, I'm pretty sure you would know how to get in the shade. Yeah. It's like, well, let's separate that. Um, Tama Tonga versus Chase Owens. So we have a story match here, right? Like, we got some... It'll be good. Sure. It'll be good. Um, did you see Tama Tonga's t-shirt, by the way? Is it with the, like, lion, it's one of the worst t-shirts I've ever seen in wrestling dude, dude you know what was cool was that i wish i regret not buying was the thomas island stuff that he put out for a minute those were really cool things oh he doesn't have those anymore or what i don't think you can get them anymore yeah like they were like with the tiki and the you know really cool okay i wish i would have jumped on those when they were out yeah man this shirt is one of the worst shirts i've ever seen now if it said like it looks like a lion king musical it, shirt right? it does if it now if it said like i i would excuse it a little bit if it said like pride month on it you know um then i could be like oh i understand it but it's got <laughs> it's got a lion with paint all over its face dripping and then it's got like and the, the weird thing is the lion are you looking at it I, I have it in my head. The I, lion like, is photorealistic with a CG crown on it. <laughs> and then it says, King of Sports, Tama Tonga, Hon Team Hontai, and with rainbow colors. I mean, dude, even NXT 2.0 wouldn't sink to this level. So while I love Tama Tonga, I think he got screwed on his... Uh, on his gear this year. No, wait. I'm going to look it up because, you know, I'm a, I'm a bright colors... Uh, guy, and I, I, oh, I see it now. Yeah. Um, I mean, hold on, I'm gonna really get the full view of it. It's just he went from like some pretty cool shirts to this. It's okay. I don't think I this mean, is to gonna me, sell it, anything, dude. And and that's why I'm thinking of buying it. Actually, it's <laughs> people. Yeah, I mean, I I like the colors, and I just don't think it works. It doesn't. It doesn't fit him, even as the baby Well, because his colors are what? Like gold, gold, red, and black? It's like 49ers colors that yeah. he's been using lately. Yeah, let's... Uh... And I, it's really a risk when you put out a white t-shirt for wrestling fans, too. Oh, yeah, that's true. I've heard a lot of people say that Hanare's t-shirt is really, really bad, too. But I don't I don't hate it. Um, have you seen his new... Is it Based? Based? Yeah... I, I don't think that, it's as bad as people say. I mean, it kind of looks like a comic book, but it's really not that bad. There's some wrestlers that we can do a whole episode of wrestling wrestlers and t-shirts. And yeah. And just say there's some really badass wrestlers I want to get, but they're 
um, you know. The AJ Cum shirt. Did you ever see that one? <laughs> yes, yeah. It's like the, like the Val Venus one. Uh, yeah. Um, so. it, like, there's some wrestlers I want to get one of their shirts, but I just, like, they have such terrible merch. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's, like, El Phantasm. I mean, not, I'm sorry. Desperado, like, his merch. Like, he's been starting to come out with a little better stuff lately, but, like, how do you not have a freaking shirt with his mask on Ooh, it? Ooh, that'd be sick. They don't or, have that? like, his head. No. No, I mean, they. I think they're starting to come out with it a little bit. But, like, all his stuff is, is like, it's, like, flower. It's, like, looks cool, but oh. it doesn't cry SL Desperado at all. You know, I... Sorry, I'm off the mic. Uh, I've honestly... Uh, I've never been a huge fan of Naito's stuff with the kind of Mexican, um, like, red, drippy uh, words the, on it. The crip, crip uh, print. <laughs> yeah, and I know people I are kinda, into that. I, I liked it. I like his merch. Um, so it's pretty good, but a lot of red and black. Lot, a lot of red and black. So, okay, yeah. uh, we talk about Tomatonga, Chase Owens. Who do you got for that one? But I got Tomatonga on that one. I think he, I think he might even make a little run. I can see him making a run, but then I can see Chase winning with some bullshit and, but you know, kind of letting that rivalry with the Bullet Club erupt into something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We got Archer versus Fale. Really, 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 really really missed Tama at that press conference. Yeah, he's great. But also, he's a babyface now, so he's not going to be doing the same stuff he used to. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Archer versus Fale, the fastest match. Uh, This is like the opposite of of ELP versus Osprey, right? I mean... This was another one where it's like, I love Fale, but, like, man, I'm pretty sure we could have found somebody else. Uh, <laughs> I, I think let, let they wanted it to the... Chase and mixed tags. Yeah, but Fale always kind of fits into the story of the G1 in a way because he can technically always win a match. Like, he's well, realistic. And, and we're going to get Chase and Fale, huh? Uh, no, those and... are in two different blocks. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Okay, because I was thinking we were going to get Tom and Fale, but we're not. That's where this whole thing goes. We're going to get crazy. Tom Lawler um, and Fale. Wonderful. Um, yeah, Archer. I, I was a witness to their last G1 match, I think. So Really? There you go. For what it's worth. You just said that. It was that. on the card. Um, yeah, I just said that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Probably Archer going over, I would imagine. I think so. I in think a, so. In about well, a seven-minute match, probably. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully not too long. One of them's going to have a heart attack. Probably uh, fall oh, a considering. Hopefully not everyone. Everybody dies. <laughs> Is Archer going to do a flip off the uh, the ring apron onto Fale? Over under how many uh, you know um, young boys does he take oh, out? Oh God! By the way, I want to add. Uh, Oiwa, he looks really good, dude. I haven't been watching the Young Lions in a while. I haven't seen him. Is that the one that Tom Lawler had the match against? Mm, I think the one Tom Lawler had the match against was like the smaller dude. Um, Okay, but this I'd have to. Yeah, I don't really know them. I don't know them that well, well. and it's weird because every year we're always like these Young Lions look incredible, but these the Young Lions now are still fairly new, even though they've been around for like a year. (laughs) <laughs> but I think these, the two that they're pushing now, are very young, like 18 years yeah. old. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of the young lines that we were seeing when we started watching in that 14 and 18 range were all in their late 20s mm. by the time okay. they got 
looks. I mean, even that what's his name, the, the one that went left and went to bodybuilding. That guy was in his like early thirties. Oh, um, Kitamura, like Yoda. Kitamura. Yoda Suji's in his mid twenties already, and so was um, Shooter and all those guys. So I think these are just Uemura. like they're like yeah, they're all babies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very young, which is actually something I want to talk about in a minute here. But we'll we'll move on to that. But this uh, Oyawa guy, he looks like he's going to be a heavyweight. And uh, so anytime a, a young line looks like they're going to be a heavyweight, I'm automatically like. Oh shit! Okay, here we go. Um, nice throwback episode to mention for us is the wrestling and age episode where we talk about wrestlers and how they their looks change as they're older and sometimes they don't hit that full like body that they're looking for and look until they hit their mid thirties because that's just the way the human body develops. And so and when wrestlers that's kind of an interesting throwback. And when wrestlers, uh, yeah, good good call. Go listen to that wrestling and age. We also talk about. Uh, when different like cultures of wrestlers start training, um, like how the girls in stardom start at like 13 and how oh, like wow. in America, a lot of people start more like in their 20s. Um, so we got Goto versus Naito. I'm sure these guys will have a great match. I love I lo- I mean, I love Goto, even though he never really does a whole lot. Um, yeah, it could go either way, I guess. But yeah, we're uh, probably Naito. Naito's giving that speech at the end of the night, right? Oh, that's, that's true. You... I forget about the speech. You gotta think about the speech, dude. Because really, yeah. I mean, Naito, he's giving that speech at the end of the night. Um, but you know, he Naito has had those, you know, tournaments where those G ones where he'll lose the first three and then rip off. But that's the thing is this formula with only six matches. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't lose two matches in a row and then make. I guess you can lose two matches in a row and make a comeback, but. There's not gonna. It doesn't aid to the comeback uh, storyline at all. Yeah, for sure. By the way, uh, can you ask Maria something real quick for the fans? Maybe. What? What? She might be helping. Oh, okay. She's. I was just wondering what but, dialect. Just, what question? dialect does Naito speak in? Oh, um, she would probably have to hear him talk. Oh, she does. Well, she but, drew a picture yeah. of him. You'd figure that she. No, I. No, like well, she doesn't I know hear that the... my wife. My wife's from Osaka, and she has a really, what she tells me, a very strong Osaka accent. Oh, but you know what? He's probably from Hiroshima, right? No, I don't think he is. I think he's from, like, Nagoya or something. Let me look it up. Okay. Because I know that you think he's from Hiroshima because he's a Carps fan, but he's not. Oh, he's he's just a fan of the team. Yeah. Um, and we're all looking up uh, where Naito... We're looking at... Oh, and of course, my stupid autocorrect had me looking up Tetris. Yeah. Um. Let's see. He's Adachi City, Tokyo. Yeah, he's from Tokyo. Oh, he's area. from Tokyo. He's just a Carps fan. Though he probably speaks normal ass Japanese or Tokyo Ben, so that's fine. Um. Next. Like she she told me that Asuka has a really uh she has an Osaka accent. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, what's it called? A k- k- Kanzai? Kanzai, right? Maybe, yeah, that's the area. Or Osaka Ben. Um, so after that, we have Zack versus Hanare. Interesting match here. Um, will Hanare go on a, a run and win his second in a row? Or will Zack tap him out? Or maybe he'll hit him with the Michinoku driver. Or the Zack driver, excuse me. Um, do, yes. do you miss uh, Mi- uh, Michinoku doing promos for Zack? 
I do, in a way, but at the same time, they've kind of so put him in bitch mode that I don't think it could work anymore. Yeah. And I think Zach is bigger than that now. It's tr- yeah, and Zach, uh, Zach has moved on. Um, Zach actually Zach speaks was able, too. Zach was able to go out and establish himself to be beyond needing that. The nice thing was that you, know, you spoke to the Japanese people, you know? Um, you spoke Japanese, but you're right. He doesn't really need it anymore. He His presence alone... Um, and all he has to do is say the word dickhead, and I'm sure that yes. he, he, yeah. Oh, here, here you go, just to go back on the Naito thing. Having been born in Tokyo, Naito originally supported the local Yomiuri Giants, but switched his teams in the 1990s following uh, Tatsunori Hara's retirement. Oh. So the, when, a, when a player retired on the Giants... You know, he switched. So to maybe his favorite the player quit, and he's like, "You know what? I can't support yeah. the team no more." Okay, so now he's a car. I, I saw something on uh, Reddit actually recently. It was actually him at the game. Did you see anything like that? Yeah, I did. And he's I just sit—he's just sit there on his phone. You know, um, sure, really cool. So we've got Yoshihashi versus Shingo. Shingo will probably destroy Yoshihashi, but uh, he might have a good match. Um. Okada versus Yano. I, I definitely don't see Shingo going 0-2, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okada versus Yano, right? I'm hoping Okada that... Okada versus Yano. I'm hoping that... That'll be fun. Okada blasts him over the guardrail and then does a splash over the guardrail on his ass. And then throws him yes. in and tombstones him. Um, and then Ishii... 50 times. And then Ishii versus Jay White. That'll be a good one. Those guys, That'll be fun. Uh, yeah. Those guys actually had a, some matches recently, I think, in the last and year. I, I can uh, I can see Ishii winning this one and getting a filler title match uh, before the end of the year. I think there's a rivalry there, man. I, I, I yeah. think that... And, and you know what? Ishii ha- does have that role quite a bit. Like, he beat Omega. You remember that? In the G1. Yeah, he did. He got a title um, shot. It was like the match so that, like, like, why wasn't... It, it was like one of those matches where I was like, this should have been better than it was. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I could see th- this being one or the, the probably one of the two losses that Jay takes. Yeah. In the block. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that, too. And God, I even thought to myself. Do you want is she giving a speech? Ooh. The speech question. I don't think I really is going to give see... a speech, dude. I would. Yeah, he's a very humble guy. I would love to see, you know, what the records are and if. Yeah. Because Ishii doesn't promo, right? Like, he do- doesn't promo. That's not his thing. He's, or he'll say, he, like, I mean, things. He'll say, yeah, he'll he'll say something very brief. But H- him, and, him and Sonata, like, they, they or, and Ibushi as well. Like, they usually just say, like, one sentence and then walk off. Very Japanese, yeah. right? Yeah. As far as the brevity of it. Um, not very verbose. Um, so... I wanted to ask you real quick, uh, what did you think about the, and I'm sure you heard the news, even though I seem to be the one living under a rock recently, did, what, what did you think about the uh, New Japan press conference where they talked about, one, the inclusion of female wrestlers in New Japan, and two, the new method of recruitment for New Japan? Um, take me through what this new me- okay. re- method of recruitment is. The new, I think I might have heard something. The new method of recruitment is, one, the Young Lions system, they're talking about changing it. 
so that there's no more you're wearing just black trunks when you start. Um, they're talking about kind of like Dragon Gate where they just start people and, and kind of let them do different stuff and, and start letting them develop characters early on. The second thing that they're talking about doing is starting to recruit people in and right out of high school. Instead of in their 20s. Uh, is that what it was? Because I thought they got young guys. Oh, I knew. I didn't know that what their recruiting strategy was before. I thought they they did recruit young they people. They usually wait till they're out of college. Oh, I see. At least um, they have been for a while. Uh, look at this as opposed to stardom, right? Where stardom, yeah. you have 16-year-olds. That's what they're right. talking well, about now, having 17-year-olds. you can't stardom they don't really make all the young people wear black like right yeah they don't do that and so new japan is talking about moving towards that and actually having these people start developing a character when they start wrestling man it's like i really it, it i really love the black tight thing though yeah me too but i wish they i i would i would maybe let them pick a character a little quicker or give them one you know maybe they yeah, or in six months, let them wear the black tights for six months and then let them start trying characters. But I don't I just like the the imagery of like, I know that's a young boy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know that's a young lion because he's wearing the black tights and it's a really good kind of conversation piece when you're trying to get someone into it. Like, hey, these are like the young guys that are training and all they let them do is wear this and all they let them do is these moves. Mm -hmm. And then eventually they get sent away and they go on an excursion. They come back with a character. Well, and even that's a really cool. Even uh, well, um, even slower than that. It's like eventually they can grow their hair out, right? They can wear right. like they might get one knee pad. Uh, they can do See, one extra thing. move. I I would I would almost keep the black, but I would let them do whatever hairstyle they wanted. Beard. You wouldn't shave them but bald. They I wouldn't shave him bald, and I think that is I going that to be the case New York now. Yankee stuff. So I think <laughs> Johnny um, Damon, goddamn it. Yeah, I think I would stick him with the black tights, but I would let them be, uh, you know, let them mess with their aesthetics. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. Well, if they want to wear black long tights, go ahead. But I still want to be able to see them right away and say that's a that is a young lion. Well, that's all all changing, and um, I'll tell you this, okay. I. I fine i'm not like i just i'm not like an old school guy but i just like that presentation but if that's what they that, that sounds like it's would be more fun and uh you know probably better for them so well that's fine I, and I, the i was really worried at first um i was like oh god this is terrible that they're doing this and we do we we can say this like whatever new japan does fucking works it it, it their wrestlers after two years in the system are much much better than nxt guys after being in nxt for five years and you know what in all honesty though like we aren't inside the dojo they might have just not had the you know a lot of people interested and in uh in doing that in in being in the dojo right i mean we've moved beyond this kind of society now where we go away to boot camp and there's a lot of people that probably don't want to make that kind of sterile commitment right yeah like so if you give them a little more creativity and stuff like that you know they might join and i bet you they probably haven't gotten as many recruits as they usually do well, well i know the pandemic had something to do with that but well here here's here's where i come from though so i was thinking this is terrible 
But then I started thinking, and I was thinking about Dragon Gate. And Dragon Gate has an awesome crop of young lions. They always do, whatever they're called, young dragons. Um, they, they recently, I mean, since when I started watching a few years ago, you've seen their young guys, j just incredible, incredible, um, hip hop kick. As long as you don't give them a monkey to take care of. No, no. Why, do they do that in Dragon Gate? That was where that whole thing happened. Oh God. They, <laughs> they had to take care of a little Japanese macaque. That's is this another? Yeah. The, well, you didn't hear it. Like allegedly, they abused the heck out of oh, this monkey. Oh, that's terrible. And the people involved—I don't know what their level of involvement was—but one of them was uh, uh, Shima. Oh boy. Uh, Shingo was allegedly involved. Oh no. Or not involved. I don't really know. And then like um, Akira Tozawa was a young boy at the time, but I don't think he had anything to do with it. Yeah. Let's hope that never happens again. Right. Yeah. So let's no, yeah, let's treat we monkeys well. Yeah. That that not, maybe not having monkeys all together is probably. That, yeah. A good don't idea. don't you don't need you don't really need monkeys in the dojo. They could like bring you your clothes and stuff, but besides that, that's no, kind of let's not let's not let's go not there. Let's not go no, there. Let's go see them at the zoo or watch their watch them in the snow on... in the hot springs. Yes. Um, exactly. So, but Dragon Gate has an awesome system, and it's a system that works. And I've seen it work over the years. They they really produce real good wrestlers, and their guys start like kind of developing their characters from the beginning. And so it's a system that has been done in Japan, and it it, it can work. So whether we like it or not, it is going to change. And hey, man, it's it's not like. I'm all for evolving. So if this is what is evolving, and I, I'm for it, so let's yeah, yeah let's let's, let's not cry and say, it's the end of an era. But um, right, you know, it, we'll get used to it. it. We we'll, we will get used to it. The second thing is women's wrestling in New Japan. I mean, seems like a no-brainer. I mean, they're Stardom and New Japan are owned by the same company, and it was just really the fact that they were owned by different um different owners you know broadcasting oh companies. yeah no the same company but they were on different broadcasting yeah, 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 networks yeah. but also there's that culture of japan where you have the women's matches and there's probably like a different set of fans yeah and and, and it's like yeah you're right although things have changed too like ddt you get both um, Gleet, you get both. Now, a lot of other companies you don't, obviously, there's that tradition, but, um, the thing that bothers me about this, and this is, I'm kind of, I, like, Dave Melcher brought this up, I agree with him, this means that stardom would become a feeder system for New Japan. In what way? The top stardom people would go to New Japan. Like women? Oh, so it's not just including stardom. Yeah, it's yeah, they're New still going to be separate. Starting a women's division. Starting a women's division, yeah. So it's a little scary because Stardom's had so much success. To think of them, I don't know why they wouldn't just make Stardom their women's division. Yeah, that's a good question. And then you can have Stardom matches on the New Japan shows, right? It seems like pretty logical. You're 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 buying a brand new car when you have a perfectly good car at home. Yeah, yeah. So. That's not no one's using. Like, no, let's just use this car. It's the same car. Why are we going out and buying a new one? Yeah. That or another one that's not as good. Yeah. That that's it. Uh, sounds like with you with your car, right? That you were telling me about before the show. <laughs> I don't want just people knowing about that. that. 
Yeah, well, just keep the car you have, right? Yeah. Like, why buy another car? Yeah, um, man, it's 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 a little weird. It doesn't make any sense. I really don't. What, I mean, if you're, how does that help Bushi Roads? Seems like they're shooting because they want the New Japan now. to become this bigger company, right? They they, but yeah, it it's kind of shooting themselves in the foot. And then they have this amazing company with with some of the best women's wrestling. No disrespect to TJP, which not. TJ Perkins, TJP Tokyo Joshi Princess, uh, which also right. Tokyo Joshi Pro, which also is supposedly incredible, but you know the the um, making Stardom into a feeder sounds not like the best idea in the world. I mean, and it, it is it it's ready to go. It gets you a little know, confusing yeah. too because it's like okay, now are we gonna have a women's G one? You know what I mean? Or are they just gonna keep doing the five star thing? I hope they figure it out so that. It, you know, I think just keeping Stardom would be best and having Stardom matches on New Japan shows. Or if you want to take Stardom and just relabel it as New Japan Women, do that then. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is what they're announcing, and we'll see how that plays out. This is just an announcement, mm-hmm. but uh, it was a pretty big announcement. And I like seeing New Japan evolve. New Japan has evolved at times and done some pretty dumb shit. I mean... Uh, their U.S. expansion was before the pandemic. Like it was kind of botched. I thought um, it got a lot better after the pandemic. So it's like they were forced into making it better. Um, not to say that they didn't have great shows here, like Long Beach and all that stuff. But after that, like remember when they were having shows that like didn't have any stars on them? Ba- ba- oh, really? yeah, they were. Well, remember there was that that visa yeah, issue. They, they had, had visa for a issues. So. Um, and it was... well, first of all, they were they were running shows and. Charlotte, North Carolina, when no one really cared about New Japan Pro Wrestling, too. Yeah, I don't know about that, though. Charlotte's a wrestling city. Well, there there, there was some towns they were running in that they had really bad crowds yeah, for. Yeah, like, like Kansas yeah, City crazy. and freaking, like, the most random, yeah, random places. There were places that they probably shouldn't have run. Shit, their next show's in Nashville, isn't it? Yeah, I know. See, that's another one, like, I guess that is kind of a wrestling. Well, Memphis more, but um, well, Hiromu will be there. Like so. they, yeah, good for he's getting here. Yeah, yeah. I would I would have stuck with the West Coast. Well, you either part, I would either do expanded. West Coast or very Northeast, Philadelphia, yeah. Boston, New York. You can do some Florida stuff. Oh yeah, um, Florida. Yeah, Florida. But then I would really want to make sure I'm hitting well there before I would go to like Fort Worth, Texas. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the thing I'll say is like one thing I do respect about AEW is they have Chris what's his name? Chris Statlander? No, no. He's a he's a guy. Uh, I don't remember his name, but he used to do a show called WrestleNomics. Um now Brandon Thurston does it. But um Chris what he does for AEW is he is their data guy. Like he crunches all the numbers. And so when people are like, oh, they're going to dry out this market, it's like, dude, they're going there. AEW is going there because they've crunched the numbers hard and they like predictably can get tickets from these places. Um, that's why, like, mm. you know, they do Chicago all the time, right? But it's like they also well, sell yeah. out in Chicago all the time. Um, they went to the well. And during the, you know, when the pandemic was still going on for other parts of the country, uh, they were hitting up Texas a lot because they knew they could always sell tickets. And, and they probably still will be. I mean, they've been to L.A. once, Ontario once. Yeah. They've been to Denver once. I think they've been to Utah once. Um, so let, let's not get too sidetracked, though. We'll talk about that in a minute. I, I actually, we were talking about Tokyo jo- Joshi Pro, right? Like TJP. 
Um, and I wanted to kind of use that to move on to a Tokyo Joshi Pro match that you recently watched. Yeah, I checked it out at your encouragement. Yes. Uh, it was... Uh, Yamashita? Yamashita and um, Thunder Rosa. What did you think of Yamashita? Really I've never seen her before. She was she's pretty good. Um, enjoyed it a lot. I was kind of shocked that Thunder Rosa just went over to Japan out of nowhere. I didn't it came out, it did go out of nowhere, huh? And then she was on like Dynamite the next couple days later. Um, yeah, did she um, do some other stuff for Stardom and everything? Or it, like, uh, no, I, I don't think she does idea. Stardom stuff. I think she's just t- with TJP in Japan. Because I, I think it's brilliant that she's going to Japan and taking that title with her. It's it's really awesome. For an AEW marketing and Tony Khan letting the, you know, her do that. That's awesome. And it. What do you think of the crowd? Help. They were actually cheering. Yeah. Didn't it feel weird? I, it was fine. I just don't. I'm just befuddled by the fact that they it, it is who's regulations are these i think they're new japan's regulations i've heard different things from different people i heard a guy in the discord that was like no these are the these are the venues that are saying this this and that but it's not not because you have um ryzen and baseball and stuff like that right like but ryzen lets people cheer like crazy and they run domes yeah, I, I just, I've kind of given up. And, well, don't give up because you know, we are having shows. I've given up on trying to understand. Yeah, don't, don't, who, yeah. Know, who's making the rules. Yeah, it's, it's like you want to shake the guy and say, look, COVID is terrible. It's fucking terrible. It sucks. But it's also part of the world now, dude. And if you just keep yeah. doing this, you are hurting your product. Um, but we are getting shows. In, well, well, real quick. Um, so you like the Thunder Rosa match? Uh, I thought the finish was really cool. Just roll up, roll up, roll up. Boom! One, two, three. Yeah, and you got a reason for her to come over and get a title shot mm-hmm. in the U.S. or something. Yeah, and and it was cool seeing that ref. By the way, that ref is like DDT's most famous ref. He's like their red shoes. He's got the slowest count in the world. But I love that guy. I was just gonna say that ref. Yeah, he's got a slow count. I didn't know what the heck he was doing half the I, time. I like it because he goes. Um, if you like him, I'll give one, you a benefit of the doubt. Two. Um, and then like the third, the third count is like three seconds or like four seconds. You know. <laughs> so. Uh, and you know what? Like you know, it'll give. Uh, what's her name again? Uh, Yamashita. Yamashita a chance to come to the States, and yep. then if she, you know, gets that title shot on a Dynamite or whatever, then, uh, you know, that promotion will get a little bit of uh, promotion on AEW, and maybe you'll have some people, you know, it it'll, it's, helps everyone. Yeah, and, and they have. They have. Monkey Ito's been on, on Dynamite a um, few times, right? She's from TJP. Yeah. And then we have Yuka Sakazaki from TJP also, who's been on. So AEW obviously has a close relationship with DDT. Um, um, so definitely was a very good match. It was it was free, which was fun, right? Yes. And <clears throat> Dark is very expansive, man. There's a You could watch Dark every week and be pretty you know filled in on your wrestling yeah it's not all great, dark and dark elevation totally reminds me <clears throat> totally reminds me of those studio wcw shows back in the day what were they called do you remember <sighs> i'm talking about like when it remember. said world championship wrestling 
it was the stuff that you would watch, um, you know, on Saturday morning. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, did you get yeah. a chance to watch Pac versus Umino? I, you know what, didn't see that one, but I see it. It is on the same uh, episode. Same episode. Gr- another great match, dude. Umino, like, I'm so happy for him, and I'm happy for me to see him because, you know, when we had, he's like to me, he's one of the first young lions I've seen in a little while. That it's like, okay, this guy, like, he's going to be a serious main eventer. Um, There were times in that match where he looks exactly like Tanahashi, dude. And it's kind of scary. Like, when he's he's powering up, you know, and he has his fists out. It's like, whoa, he looks just like Tanahashi. No, and we we saw kind of his coming out party. um, Forbidden Door? You know. At Forbidden Door. Yeah, yeah. Right. Where that's where like, oh okay. Uh, they 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 got big plans for this guy, and he was great in that match. That match was all about, you know, getting him presented, uh, and they did a great job. Did a great job. So he's still learning. He's still getting better. I haven't seen anything about Yoda Tsuji. Now he's a little, you know, I, I don't know. I I guess we have yet to see where he's going. I think he's doing like a samurai gimmick. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, it, like a lot. Yeah, he's doing the robe and all that stuff. But I haven't seen too much. I haven't seen a match or anything. Um, but yeah, he went. I thought he could be a good kind of baby face, kind of with a little bit of a goofy side. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that you know eventually could be what he does. But um, you know, him as a heel is a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, because he's got such a friendly face. You know, for for sure, man. Um. Yeah, that pop, if you get a chance, the Pac versus Umino, it was really good. Uh, Umino is so over in in England that, like, even though Pac is from down the street, you know, uh, Newcastle on Tyne, like, they were clearly cheering for Umino. They were kind of cheering for him both, you know what I mean? But uh, mm, yeah, Umino yeah, yeah. is just, like, he's become, like, a house favorite at that at that venue. Like, they really love him. So That's awesome. And how can you not? Um, real good stuff. Did you okay? So you, you weren't. We were talking before the show, and you know you had a lot of wrestling to catch up on, so can't be mad at you. But you, uh, you weren't able to make it through the dynamite. You tapped out. I had to tap out of the dynamite, but hey, you got to give me credit because I had nothing when you were talking to me earlier this week, and I watched both nights of the G One. I got yeah. that match in, and you watched the Yamashita um, match. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. So I find I find with Dynamite, unless I'm watching it live, it's hard, a little harder for me to get through because I feel like it's spoiled already. Yeah, um, I, I understand. And, that. and just the way that I watch it, it's not the most easy thing to put on. Uh, uh, I understand. The way I, watch I understand. Things. I understand you. So on it's that. like if I'm not watching it live, it's kind of a pain in the ass to put on. And I'm gonna be honest with you. I tried to watch it the other night, and I was just falling asleep. Uh, and I just like, I, I am not going to, I got to go to bed, you know? No, I feel you. Well, then they're going to get my little, uh, my little two match dynamite report then. Go for it. Um, so dynamite this week, there were two matches that really stood out. Uh, they were both great. One was great. One was just five star to me. Absolutely incredible. One of the best matches of the year. Um, the first match was to Takeshita versus Moxley. 
Moxley is just so good. And God, it's like, it's like that. I'm so glad he went to Japan too. Like he, he's just, he's learned how to pace himself in that style of match as a bruiser, as a brawler. He has learned how to, this was not a PWG style match. This was more like a new Japan, you know, single style, um, drawn out kind of awesome match with great near falls and you had him going against Takeshita Takeshita quickly becoming a, a big star in America in my opinion I don't see how you can't like the guy he's great he's big he's got size um his move set is cool I've watched him in Japan and I don't remember him being this cool and maybe he's just finding dance partners maybe he's one of those guys that uh you know, just maybe he's one of those wrestlers that like he comes to America and that style just fits him. You know what I mean? I mean, I can see him being in a couple of years, maybe one of AEW's top stars, right? And I think Tony Khan loves the idea of having a Japanese star that's basically his. I mean, where is he from? DDT? Yeah, he's from DDT, and he's been around for a while, but he's pretty young still. He's not thirty yet, right? I don't think so. He got a degree in exercise and sports science, by the way. And as uh, <laughs> it was funny because uh, they mentioned on Dynamite that he wrote his like master's thesis on the German suplex. Wow, good. For, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool, yeah. Um, but th this this match, oh my gosh. So mm, some interesting things is that. Uh, Takeshita bled during this match. Um, my guess is that Moxley convinced him to do it. That's my guess, right? Probably. Moxley loves the blood, man. Loves the blood. And it was funny because I think this was his first time, like, juicing. And uh, so he barely nicked his head. You know what I mean? Like, he just scratched it a little. And the blood kind of went away by the end of the match. He, did, he didn't quite get the crimson mask going. But I was okay with that. Um, there was a... Brainbuster from Takeshita in this match that looked so brutal. And props to Moxley for keeping... He kept his body straight up and down all the way, you know, down to the ground. It was one of the best looking... It was like textbook Brainbuster, like you teach that in a wrestling mm. school. Um, that Brainbuster right. got me, man. And the, uh, the, the suplex that Takeshita does is just so perfect looking. It's like a rainbow arch, almost. And, uh... God, he took the Death Rider, he took the Paradigm Shift, he took the Death Rider, he took everything, and uh, Moxley, Moxley finally got him, but gave him a huge run for his money. I heard people saying, like, you could have even put the interim on him for, for a week, and then had Moxley beat him right afterwards, and no one would have been mad at that. I mean, he wouldn't have been champion, right? I think it wasn't one of those what they call the Eliminator match, like the, the Thunder Rosa where yes, that, that was an eliminator match, shot yeah. Right. Which I never heard that term until today. That's an AEW <laughs> what thing. What it meant. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess you could have just let him win and get the title shot and lose, not put the title on him. I, I, I thought that he actually would have become... Uh, was that not a match for the actual interim? I could have sworn I heard the word uh, eliminator because oh. it was in the middle of the show. AEW usually is going to put that stuff on last if it was a title match. Yeah. Yeah. Or first. Right. Sometimes they do that. Um, So the, right. the, the other match, and this match was my match of the week. This was Swerve and Lee versus Young Bucks versus Starks and Hobbs. This was PWG style 
Dragon Gate style nonsense uh, in a good way. Um, this was spot after spot after spot. And when you think they couldn't do any more spots, they did more spots. And when you think they can't go to the next gear, they went to the next gear. And then they went to a gear after that. This match was fucking ridiculous, man. I mean, wow. some of the stuff... J J Swerve. Swerve Scott. God, that guy is so good. I, I don't know in NXT why they... What happened? Because I watched him in NXT and I was like, eh, he's okay. He was doing shit in this match that I had never seen before. He he was like, he grabbed the ropes and twisted his body and like kipped up spinning. Um, Never seen anything like that. He was easily keeping up with the Young Bucks, doing all their stuff with them. Um, in fact, Matt Jackson got a stinger in this match from a suplex that, that just a suplex. So he got fucked up during the match, and they still pulled out all their stuff. Um, you had wow. Swerve doing running moonsaults off of Keith Lee's gut. You had you you, you had uh, you know Hobbs doing his power spots, throwing people around. You had Hobbs and Lee both in there um, going against each other, but then taking care of the small dudes. Um, Starks didn't do a ton, sadly, which I love Starks, but um, this match was the Young Bucks and Swerve and Lee, and uh, man, it was just so great. I still think if you have a chance, you should watch this. You will, I mean, you will not be bored. This match was just nonstop I action. Totally don't think I would be, but yeah, I do want to check it out and, for and sure. And you know what? Maybe I can find a way to send it to you over Google so you don't have to, you know, do anything weird. We'll see. But uh, we'll this see. match was actually so good that, like, I've actually sent it to a few non-wrestling fans to be like, dude, mm. you, you got to see this match. Some people are not going to like this match, obviously, because it was a spot fest. I have no problem with spot fests. I like spot fests. I like singles matches. They're, bo they're both good to me. Not a huge fan of the death matches, though. And that's not mm, juicy. No, though. I'm not either. Um, I'm with you. All yeah. But, uh... Swerve and Lee win it. Um, after the match, Keith Lee cries and cuts a promo to his friend that has cancer right now, stage four cancer, mm -hmm. and dedicated the match to him and said, I'm coming down mm -hmm. there to see you uh, this week. Um, man, just just awesome stuff. And me, you know, I'm an AEW fan. I'm not a hardcore AEW fan, but... Stuff like this, like, they really they really get me. And I didn't see... Actually, you know what? I watched the highlights of it, and then I was like, oh, I gotta, I really gotta go watch this match. So, uh, right. yeah. And, and, you know, the Young Bucks. They, they, as much as, like... Oh, they're always put something together. Yeah, as much as I have disliked them, actually, for a long time. Um, they are like Kenny Omega was at New Japan. It's like they always have good matches. They have a tendency to put on great matches. So um, they definitely perform. Definitely performed. You uh, you looking forward at all to Death versus Dishonor? You seen anything about that? I is it Claudio and Gresham? That's the only thing I know about it. Yeah, plus they're FTR versus uh, FTR versus who are they? The Virginia. Uh, what are they called? The Briscoes? Briscoes again. Yeah, and that match was amazing last time. So, oh, I'm sure this one will be too. When is that? I think okay. that's coming up this weekend. Oh dear! Wow. Yeah. Um. Did you, did I just found out why the Briscoes never were in any real promotion? Did Did you know that? Like yeah. why? You he, know why? And he stuff? he went on Twitter. Mark said some pretty homophobic things. Yeah. And then claimed for them to be in character and not really how he believes. 
I saw something written that it was that tweet cost them millions of dollars. Yeah, it was like something about like if my son was gay or something like that. Oh, it was boy. really stupid. Oh my god. Yeah. Really you know, they're, they're, I don't prescribe to the belief that like if they're in character they should never say anything. I don't always prescribe to that, but like there's a line obviously. Like there's no reason there's as an entertainer yeah. to to um be a bigot and stuff like that. Like it, it's just well, you know, and and pro wrestling's just different. People assume that you're that person, and as much as you know, I don't know though. Those those guys say that's a character. Those guys don't seem like they have a character. I'm just gonna tell you. Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> that stuff with the farm is it's all good stuff. I I kind of honestly believe that he really didn't mean to do that, but at the same time, like you still shouldn't do that. Yeah, just just. Just don't do that. Yeah. Um, I, I remember AJ had a thing where he was saying racist stuff, too. And he was like, no, it was all in character. Um, so, it's like... Uh, AJ's another guy. <laughs> Who knows? So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening, y'all. This is the first podcast you're going to listen to all week where we don't talk about Vince McMahon's sexual allegations. So, congratulations. Oh, we made it through the whole show without talking about that. I don't really feel yeah. like talking about that. I just feel like nothing's changing within the company in terms of the creativity, although they are going to TV 14 or whatever that means. Bro, what does that mean? What does that matter? Bro, a couple years ago, they had a storyline about fucking a chick on their wedding and impregnating a lady and stuff like that. Uh, TV 14 doesn't matter. They've already been doing that. I think, if anything, TV 14 hurts them because they lose out on some of the sponsors. Maybe. You got to think that they've done the math on that already yeah but anyway i don't even care Uh, let me see a better product and if it's because of that then whatever but uh until then you know (laughs) although i will say i've been watching these uh clips of becky and oscar on their house show loop and those seem great um oscar's always awesome that's a whole different Uh, i know i just we're talking wwe and i'm just saying like they uh becky and oscar great chemistry they've been having fun uh slamming (laughs) slamming her ass against uh she's actually stink facing becky every night which, nice. which is pretty great you know it's like i hope to god she's clean i'm sure she is though she's oscar she's gotta okay. be <laughs> um but uh did you say okay as and let's move on all <laughs> yeah, right cool yeah. well justin do you have anything else to say no man i'm gonna try and get some sleep right now i got work tomorrow didn't you tell us <laughs> that you wanted to make a big political like speech no, oh. you're never getting that from me. Okay, cool. I, I don't blame you on that one, man. Well, um, thank you, Justin. Thank you, listeners. Thank you. Um, G1, get into it. Get excited. It's hot. Send us your tweets, whatever. T- tell us what you think. Tell us what you think of the show. Tell us what you think of the G1. If you disagree, agree with us um, yep. about New Japan's new recruiting process and having women. We're, we're interested to hear from you. Um, we are at, I was going to say at Entering Art, we are at Wrestling and Pod, and on uh, Instagram, at Wrestling and Podcast. That's right. Okay, and you can find us there. At Entering Art, Justin, you can go check out his awesome artwork, get a t-shirt like this uh, awesome Oh, that's right. Eddie, the Eddie Kingston, Kingston shirt that I spilled red wine on a couple, like a month ago. Thank God it came out. Uh-oh. So, uh beautiful shirt stain proof yeah it's awesome man 
Got my Eddie Kingston shirt. I'm waiting for someone to walk up to me and say, is that Eddie Kingston? <laughs> um, One of these. I years. definitely saw a kid. I was driving the other day and saw a kid wearing a Marty Skrull. <laughs> this is so random, dude. A Marty Skrull Bullet Club hoodie. But oh boy. you know that the kid just got it from like the reseller. Or, you know, he got it from Goodwill or something. And he was Maybe, probably yeah. like, damn, that's cool. It says villain on it. Exactly. So, yeah. All right, man. Um, have a great night, y'all. And have a great night, Justin. We will catch you guys later.